1: Six forty-three, seventeen 17 till 7. Quickly to Professor Selina Relayu, professor of practice at the William J. Perry Center for Hemispheric Defense Studies at the National Defense University. Professor, we really do appreciate your time, and I know we had to jump through some hoops to, for you to come on, and we appreciate it. How are you?
3: Fine. Thank you so much for um, having me on on First News, Tommy. And we're going to be taking a look at this issue that really affects every member of every community across the United States, as well as your folks there in NOMA.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about that uh, in, in terms of the United States. Is this a worldwide problem? Is this worse in the United States, fentanyl, than it is in other places? Or have other countries? Uh, is it going into other countries and other countries are just managing it better?
3: It's spreading now to other countries, but it has a lot to do with the, opio- uh, the opioid epidemic that we've been grappling with for like 20 years. Um, and it had to do with, you know, physicians over-prescribing um, prescription meds, legitimate meds. And then because of the lawsuits and the addiction, um, they stopped prescribing. And that's when people started going into the illicit markets of heroin originally and now fentanyl and fentanyl-laced products. Is there a ground um, addiction is more a bigger problem in the United States than other places. It has a lot to do with mental health, unfortunately.
1: Yep. Is there a, a ground zero for the opioid crisis?
3: Um, one of the areas that's really hard hit right now, um, especially with a new version of fentanyl, is Pennsylvania. I don't know if you've seen, they call them zombie cities in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Yes, I
1: have.
3: Um, Where people are just totally not functional, and San Francisco. Um, it's more on the coast more than anything else, but it really doesn't discriminate in terms of urban, rural uh, class or ethnicity, Um, and sadly, it has a lot to do with how easy it is to access the drugs and how addictive they are.
1: Let's talk about the fentanyl supply chain. I I don't know if that has anything to do with the problems on the coast. Talk us through, if you will, Professor, how fentanyl gets into this country and and where it's manufactured to begin with. How how do we go from nothing to fentanyl crisis?
3: So it's important to talk about, so fentanyl is a legitimate um, drug that's used for anesthesia in hospitals and clinics. What we're worried about is the diversion of that, but most importantly, the illicit fentanyl. So it comes from China, as well as the precursor uh, chemicals. Uh, A while ago, it was coming directly into the United States, but the U.S. Postal Service got much better about kind of monitoring and then deterring that flow. That's why the Chinese started to export fentanyl to Mexico. And in Mexico, the cartels have converted their heroin um, production labs into fentanyl pill processing labs. And what happens is that they take advantage, as you know, there's a major crisis on the southern border. Um, They take advantage of the distraction of Border Patrol taking care of the millions of migrants that are coming. Um, And now we have huge swaths that are not monitored. And the volume allows the fentanyl and other drugs as well to come through. This- um, and the cost is really amazing. So it costs about $0.20 cents to um, produce a fentanyl pill. And I live here in Washington, D.C., very close to my office, is uh, in the Nationals baseball stadium. And on the streets there, they sell that same pill for 10 to $20. Mm. Huge markup.
1: You know, when it comes to, we, we do a lot of, of uh, and I presume it's Dr. Rialu, um we do a lot of... Um, try to do a lot of public awareness about one pill can kill and you're playing Russian roulette and you got to have the conversation with your kids, but somehow people are so addicted or they're not getting the message or they don't care, they're willing to roll a dice and hope the pill doesn't kill them for 20 bucks?
3: Yeah, so and a lot of it starts with adolescence. Uh, we were all 16 and did adventurous things, but we didn't do things with uh, substances that would literally kill you, and that's what we're trying to raise awareness. Um, in terms of, A, uh, what the actual pill does, the, the drug does. Um, but we also see on social media just how it can help us get the word out. Um, you also see it being glorified. Um, and then, sadly, there's a new, there's an antidote called Narcan, mm-hmm. uh, Naxalone. And a lot of um, young people are actually saying, hey, we're having a pill party, but don't worry, we've taken precautions, we have the antidote.
2: Oh, Lord, this yeah. is probably
3: not the intention of the antidote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here in the Washington area, every senior prom, they have um, resource officers, what we knew as security officers, who are armed with um, NARCAN to uh, basically uh, save those who overdose at their senior prom. And that Very brings, that brings
1: us to supply and demand side, two issues of this, certainly. Um so what does President Biden plan on doing? I, I know that you said the fentanyl goes to, because the post awful, uh, Postal Service cracked down. And correct me if I'm wrong, Professor, uh, that's when China started coming through the border with the fentanyl, correct?
3: Yeah, So the Mexican cartels are always super interested in, in, in business. For them, it's sure. a business yeah. um, issue. And there's no other drug that has the profitability right now around the world that fentanyl does.
4: brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
3: So what ends up happening, we have to deal with the demand side, but also the supply side. So, so that's why you're seeing um, a lot of this one fill can kill uh, a lot of the awareness. But what we're trying to do is uh, secure the border. You'll see every day there are um, interdictions of huge um, cargo of fentanyl that are coming in. Um, And then just last week, you had uh, President Biden met with uh, his Chinese counterpart, President Xi, and they came to an agreement that they're going to try to stem the flow of exports from China um, overseas. And then he also met with um, the Mexican president, AMLO, um, and they're going to try to secure the border as well in terms of the supply chain. But because there's demand, Tommy, you know, yep. there's going to be this slow and this, you know, 20, 10 to $20 for a pill that costs 20 cents to make. It's hard to argue the business, uh, kind of the economics of that.
1: I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but I'm, I'm just anxious that I got a good. thousand questions for you, but you can come back sometime. <laughs> um, do we know how much is coming across the border? And is it, is it by couriers? Is it through a truck where, where we can't detect it? Is it through tunnels? How's that happening?
3: So most of them come through ports of entry and just because of the volume. So uh, for your listeners who don't know, the U.S.-Mexico border is the most um, uh, traversed in terms of people and product, thanks to NAFTA. So it's a good thing in terms of economics, but it also creates so much volume that's impossible for uh, Customs and Border Patrol to actually, you know, open every single crate that's coming through. Um And what we're seeing, too, is uh, they're pills, so they're a little harder to detect because there's no smell. Mm. You know, cocaine and heroin and marijuana have a natural odor because they're plant-based. So uh, the Mexican cartels and the Chinese have found a great way to basically uh, poison our people, right? And it's actually harder to detect.
1: Dogs can't pick it up.
3: They can, but they'll die. (laughs) So we don't want to expose our canine units. And you'll see, and I think it's the case there in Louisiana as well. All of our law enforcement agents now have this Narcan, the antidote, in case, let's say, they do a vehicle stop and they open a trunk and they see that there are these pills in there. Um, they could be overwhelmed by um, just uh, just one whiff of the senti- uh, the fentanyl that's in powder format. Let's say they open the the container. Um, so that's how dangerous this uh, drug is.
1: Let me take a break, Professor. When we come back, I want to talk about the actual policing policy in China because they seem to have a, a different set of um, concerns when it comes to drug use within their country and what's being exported. We're talking to Professor Selena Relayu, uh, professor of practice in the William J. Perry Center for Hemispheric Defense Studies at the National Defense University about the fentanyl crisis, what's being done to crack down on the supply, on the supply side. Uh, and she's going to have to come back because I got about a thousand questions that we'll never get them in. But we'll pick it up when we come back. 651, Traffic Now, WWL. 656, 4 before 7, Tommy Tucker, WWL. Quickly back to Selena you Real- a professor of practice, William J. Perry, Center for Hemispheric Defense Studies at the National Defense University, has testified before Congress about the fentanyl problem. I know some Republican candidates, Ron DeSantis, has talked about sending special forces into Mexico. President Biden talked about cracking down on Mexico, as well as China, where fentanyl is distributed. But, Professor, you know, first step is admitting that they have a problem. They've admitted that they have a problem. Well, not admitted. They don't have a problem, I don't think, when it comes to drug usage in China. Talk me through that, if you will, because of the enforcement. But are they as concerned with what happens and what goes out of their country to the rest of the world?
3: Well, that's uh, um, the hypocrisy, actually. So uh, they have drug users as well, and the penalty there is compulsory treatment. Um, they're not known for their respect for human rights, um, but they do have the death penalty for those who are um, uh, engaged in trafficking of drugs.
1: Wait, do they have um, a problem so there, Professor? I didn't realize that.
3: They, 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 they consume. I mean, it's, it's every, every country has consumption, but not at the rates that we have. I got you. Okay. So we're seeing, though, that the Chinese are making money on both sides of uh, the business cycle. So they make money by se- selling the fentanyl and precursors to the Mexican cartels. But what's an interesting development the last couple of years, they're laundering the U.S. dollars that the Mexican cartels are making in the United States. And Go back Chinese and say that need, again.
1: Go back and say that again, please.
3: So yeah, sure. So the Mexican cartels need to launder their dollars that they make inside the United States. And the Chinese are now the new money launderers for the Mexican cartels because they need U.S. dollars to interact in the world economy. Um, which is a very interesting symbiotic relationship now. It's a perfect marriage, right, in terms of the Mexican cartels and the Chinese. So where um, And is, that's, why it's, that's why what's happening is that there are two ways that they make money, and there's no real dissuasion.
1: That, and that, where's um, the incentive for China to really crack down on this? And how can the U.S. verify the if they do?
3: And that's the question um, about—so it was wonderful we all applauded the um, announcement by President Xi and President Biden in San Francisco. But you know, um, words are only important if they uh, translate into action. And that's what we're waiting to see, how that's going to, you know, kind of deeds versus uh, just proclamations.
1: From what you've told me, I don't know where China would be incentivized to crack down on this.
3: So under the last administration— Um, President Trump actually uh, threatened tariffs on the Chinese in 2018, 2019. Did it help? And we saw it did for about a year. It leveled off in terms of fentanyl and precursor chemical exports. So the question now is what's going to happen now in terms of implementation is the big question.
1: We're out of time. I beg for you to come back and spend an hour with us because this is very, very informative and very important. Thank you so much. Thank you. Professor Selena Realio. I'm sorry, Professor Rayalio. uh Professor of Practice, William J. Perry Center for Hemispheric Defense Studies. Anyway, we'll take a break, come back, talk to Eugene Green.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for
1: everything, Mom and Dad.
0: Will always be worth it.